0: The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au right So uh, welcome to the BSV tonight for the New Year's Eve uh, event we're having this this evening to uh, welcome 2023. And we're looking at what our priorities are in 2023. And uh, we were going to have a guided meditation, but I think possibly it's uh, uh, better to just go straight to the talk, I think, um, now and... uh, um, may be the, maybe the way to go. It was very interesting, too. We had a, a sharing of um, our, uh, our our priorities for 2023, and to hear what everybody had was very interesting because there are a lot of common themes there. And, of course, this is um, what Dhamma is about. These common themes were things that we often hear, harmony for peace, my, uh, my uh, um, priority, or I think it was called bucket list on one of the, the things, was to stop in 2023, because that's one of the themes of the stomach tour. And when we stop, because often I think the momentum of our lives, this is general for most people, is such that we really get a, ch- a chance to stop and to think about what's going on in our lives, what's important in our lives. So this is an opportunity. New Year's always an opportunity for that, to reflect on the previous year, what happened in the previous year, and to learn from it um, is, is something that uh, we can can do. We can stop just for... A short time and reflect on the past year, how we felt about it, but also to ask what we, as I said, what we learnt in 2022. And uh, uh, it's always interesting because often what we learn is it's very difficult to stop and just have time to reflect. I'm going to talk about that towards the end of the talk you know, how we can organise our priorities so that we do make time to stop. Because I feel this is one of the very important things. We all talk about peace, don't we? And we want peace and we want harmony. And, of course, to do that we need uh, time to reflect, time to stop, time to go within. So much of our lives is about being out there (laughs) and being out there often very busy with many, many responsibilities and duties, many of them we have to do just for a livelihood, to look after the family. But often we neglect these opportunities to stop. And I heard some of those things in the, uh, we just had an activity, we reflected on what we thought were our priorities. What are our priorities for 2023? And one person said, spending time in nature. Um, And this is a, a way that we can actually stop. When we're in nature, it brings in this sort of peace. We absorb peace, actually, very much when we're in nature. And I always say to people, if you're feeling agitated, upset, restless, just go for a walk in a park or in nature. And it really calms us down. So these are some of the things that uh, people talked about in for 2023, what their priorities were. And often in the new year, people make these resolutions, don't they? Lots of, <laughs> of resolutions. I think often these resolutions don't last for long. <laughs> if they get to more than a week, that's quite uh, quite an achievement. But I think a priority is a slightly different thing. What is important to us to keep in mind? This is what I think of as priorities, just to keep in mind so we can erect the mind using those priorities. But they have to be things that we feel a really strong connection from, with, something that goes to our hearts that we think is really important, something we enjoy because then we can do it. Often people make resolutions about health and all these sorts of things, don't they? And they think it's good for them, but they don't do it because they don't enjoy it, really, and the heart's not really in it. But I was going to talk, um, and of course the Buddha mentions, when we have something keep something in mind when we have an inclination of the mind when the mind is inclining towards peace towards harmony towards stillness that was one that came up a lot for us actually to stopping then this is the way the mind will the uh, directory trajectory that the mind will go on and uh, the buddha uses this image of the tree if a tree is slanting in one direction that's the direction it will fall. And so we can, by keeping in mind our priorities, these good things that we wish for 2023, uh, we can develop those things, and they will, um, as it were, take the mind in that direction. But I was going to mention a a very favourite teaching of mine from the Dhammapada. I think uh, most people know the Dhammapada. This is a collection of the Buddha's verses that he gave on lots of different occasions. And this one is uh, one of my favourites because it's about what's important in our lives. And it goes like this. Those who regard what is not essential as essential, and what is essential as not essential, dwelling in such fields of wrong intention, they never realize what is the essence. Deep, isn't it? (laughs) And the next one is, is the other side. But those who know what is essential as essential, and what is not essential as not essential, dwelling in fields of right intention, they realize the essence. So it sounds very complex, but it's actually basically focusing on what is essential, what is not essential. For us in... T- welcome back, welcome back. Did you have a good activity? As the children are returning from the uh, having... A, well, they're not really... The teenagers Teenagers are returning from having an activity. So it's... Um, It's really focusing on what's essential and what's not essential and realizing this essential is this word in Pali, Sara. And so it means uh, essential, excellent. It means that something like we say the uh, tree has heartwood. This is the essence, the the center of it. And uh, it has value. It has substance. Uh, This is a meaning of this word, essential. And it's, uh, the Buddha often talked about the heartwood of the Dhamma, and that's the, the, the hardwood in the centre of the tree. And he said this, the heartwood of the centre of the tree, is the, is the essence of Dhamma, is the unshakable deliverance or liberation of the mind from all the defilements, not bad, and from rebirth, coming back again and again. So that's what the Buddha is aiming for, that's the, the real essential for the Buddha. Many of us are not quite at that stage, <laughs> so we're heading towards it. And of course the things that uh, the Buddha often regarded as not essential, that we spend our lives on, we give our lives to, is getting and gaining. We want to avoid at all cost loss. And so many people build up empires, don't they, of this type and that type, millions and billions and um, all this sort of thing. And uh, these, these activities become the focus of their lives. And they don't, of course, the opposite of it, they don't want to lose it. Of course, some people do use their great wealth for good purposes, and that's wonderful to see, especially some of these billionaires, isn't it? And the other aspects of the, these worldly activities, the worldly um, conditions, loka dhammas, uh, which most people spend their lives on, thinking that, if I get enough, if I gain enough, this will bring me this happiness. It will bring me security and uh, all these things. And, of course, it doesn't. We can't take it with us. <laughs> can't take it with us. So, and the other aspects, of course, people seek to be famous or they, they want to make a name for themselves. Everybody today wants to be a celebrity. <laughs> this is the aim. The Or... An influencer, this is the word these days, isn't it? Influencer, and nobody wants to be anonymous, and nobody, um, so this is all tied up with power, status, and reputation. And the other, the other two of them are praise, praise, and blame. We all know that one, and how we um, try to please others so we get praise, try to avoid being blamed. It's a wonderful. Uh, practice when we are blamed because we see this real strong sense of self come up very, very strongly. And um, the last one, and this is the main preoccupation that people spend their lives on, is chasing pleasure from seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting and touching. The bucket lists <laughs> that we all have looking for our happiness there and uh, avoiding pain at all costs running away from it and of course these all these activities especially looking for pleasure avoiding pain it's all all these worldly act, act worldly conditions take us out into the world they don't take us inside they don't don't bring us uh, to within ourselves which is where we can develop the spiritual life these these uh, these activities in the world, yes, there is pleasure in them for sure, as long as quite a few of the, especially the sense pleasures, they don't last for too long because they do, then they turn into the opposite. Your favourite food, if you eat for long enough, will become something you can't stand anymore. And that's the nature of sense pleasures in general. Just enough, then it's great. <laughs> so... And, uh, of course, the Buddha, for the Buddha, um, looking for the essential is really, I was going to say, often we overlook what is essential in our lives, and a lot of the reason for that is busyness, really. We're busy, we've got lots of things that we have to attend to, family, children, work, and the Buddhist Society of Victoria <laughs> as well. But what is one thing now that is the most essential thing for all of us? Any ideas? One thing. This very moment. Hmm? Very good. That is, that is, now is for sure. That is, that is exactly. And it's something we overlook quite a lot now because we're often in the past or in the future, hanging out there. And I can remember even when I was first, um, you know, got interested in meditation, now seemed like, well, a bit unfamiliar. And it sort of took a while before I re- re- recognised it for what it is, what is now. And uh, I think for many people that's the, that is the case. And there's a, a, a book by John, uh, John Kabat-Zink, and uh, he, his subtitle for it is, Reclaiming the Present Moment. Because I think so many people, we're hanging out in the past, going to the future, the future bringing often either excitement, because we're looking forward to something, isn't it? Or we're feeling anxious. This can be, uh, this is a very common experience now due to COVID, due to the uncertainty in the world. This anxiety, going to the future, making plans, always living in the future, or going to the past, remembering things that we're very fond of, or often remembering things that were difficult for us, and as it were, re traumatizing ourselves with that memory. So, yes, and there is one more thing in the present moment. What's the other thing in the present moment? That we overlook. Absolutely, (laughs) yes, the breath. And the breath is really such a a vital, isn't it vital? Uh, Because if we stop breathing for very long, then this body will pass away very, very quickly. So this is showing us that so often the essential, we're not focusing on it, we're not realizing it, because we're not here in the present. We're not as mindful as we could be. And often the reason is because we're thinking about things, we are uh, planning things. So that's very good. I think both, both of those are really, really excellent things to, uh, that are essential in our lives. And I know with uh, time, for instance, uh, now, we always feel like we have so much time don 't we if we we'll always feel we have we 'll have plenty of time, but this is not not guaranteed and Of course, you know these bodies are and they have an expiry date, all of them do only thing is we don 't know the expiry date <laughs> we can 't find the expiry date if we did. It may be a good thing, actually. It could be a very good thing. We could be prepared. And, of course, this is a teaching. Uh, The nature of time is always a teaching about the uh, old age, sickness and death, for sure, the Four Noble Truths. And uh, this is a part of life that really focuses us and uh, really um, brings us to the essential because... When we, of course, one of the things I heard very much this evening was health was emphasised. Because of COVID, of course, we're often focusing on health. And really, we we take for granted, don't we, when we're healthy, we don't think that, you know, of, of being sick. But once we become sick then we we realize, yeah, wow, what a blessing uh, health is. And the Buddha uh, says that it's a great, a great blessing. And of course, you know, uh, preparing for old age and death too. These are things that actually focus us within too, you know, looking for the answers for them. Because... I remember my grandmother years ago when I visited her in an uh, aged care home with my mother and uh, there were all these old people who were in a very terrible state, actually, it really upset my mother a lot seeing it because she was in her 70s at the time. And uh, my grandmother said, yes, it's a real (laughs) predicament." not predicament, predicament, and it's true, it's our human our human situation, actually, which we tend to ignore. But in actual fact, if we see this, is, this is one of the essentials of life, actually, these, uh, these experiences are, and to understand them, to really understand them for what they are. And uh, so we... Often we can miss the what's essential. And there's a nice Nasruddin story that puts this quite well, I think. So people always, when they hear Nasruddin, they say, oh, that sounds this is good. And this was this occurred when Nasruddin, have you heard of Nasruddin? <laughs> Anybody that's heard my talk has probably heard this name quite often. He was a Sufi a holy person, a bit of a Zen character and a, 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 almost a, um, what do you call not, not quite a scoundrel, but quite, a, quite funny, actually, in, uh, in the sort of things that he, he did, which were all teaching us something. They were teaching stories, basically. But in, on this occasion, Nasruddin was outside and he was preparing to cook some meat outside. And a bird came down and grabbed the meat and flew off with it. And then Nasruddin yelled out, you fool, I've still got the recipe. (laughs) Had he missed something essential there? (laughs) I think we do that in many ways. We're off thinking about things and we miss what is really, really important in the present moment. You fool, I've still got the recipe. And that's that's what we're doing uh, quite often too in our lives. So, but, of course, you know, and this evening was all about, um, you know, when we were talking about what we wished for 2023, (laughs) was talking about what's essential for being, realizing our human potential, really. And this is what Dhamma is really about, but it takes it really to the ultimate potential. And, of course, you know... um, what distinguishes us from the other animals in, in the world? Because human beings are an animal too. We're part of the animal kingdom. We often forget it. But what makes us truly human? And, of course, I think these what makes us truly human relates to the values that we develop. And I heard a lot about values this evening, about harmony, about peace, of using patience to develop um, uh, peace and harmony, all these things, using uh, kindness, and I heard kindness a lot, stillness, all these things. And I, it reminded me of a saying that I saw from the Dalai Lama. It was one of his um, a calendar, a day calendar, that Yasmin uh, gave me, actually, for another purpose. had written a note on it, actually, and I liked the saying. And in that, the Dalai Lama said something very important, I think, it's very close to my heart. I get the impression that when people are not much interested in religion, which is quite common these days, they also neglect values like compassion, a sense of sharing, and a sense of caring. All the things that people consider to be a religious message and then therefore reject. That's, and he says, that's a mistake. These are secular values, what I call human values, really, not a religious message, message and they are for everyone. We are very lucky in the Buddha's teaching because we have all these values that the Buddha emphasized and are part of the path, important part of the path. But uh, for a lot of people that are not interested in a religion are not interested, they, they do not necessarily encounter them like we do in, um, in Buddhism so the how do we beca- um, become truly human? How do we develop our humanity and Of course, I think a lot of you touched i didn 't hear this tonight actually being a good person. And seeing the value in it is, is uh, one way that we become truly human beings. And, of course, this is a great blessing for the world. It's a great blessing for ourselves for the world, for our relationships, because we are a person that then we're ethical, we're a good person, we're keeping five precepts. People can trust us, we can trust ourselves, and we're aspiring to a really good standard that brings peace and harmony with it. This is an essential part of harmony, is really that we can trust each other, that we do not necessarily have to fear the other person will harm us. And, of course, we feel... Good about ourselves. That's that's one of the great benefits of, of this, which brings happiness and it brings simplicity to our life and ease to our lives. It's very interesting because there was a nice story about Ajahn Chah and the uh, and being a good person. Because he he um, was a famous meditation master in Northeast Thailand, and he asked all the people at one of his talks. He said, "How many of you keeping the five precepts?" Only a few put their hands up, and he said, oh, the rest of you are are dogs, are like dogs. You know, because this is what distinguishes, actually, in a big way, a human being from an animal. Though, I will say, some animals have got some very good qualities, Actually, sometimes better than humans. I'm sure you've noticed cats and dogs that are like that. But it's a good point that it makes us really human if we have this ethical standard to our life. And we're aiming for, we won't be perfect, but we can do our best. And that's all we can do. And of course, we can um, also become truly human by inclining our minds to being generous and seeing the value in that. Because this is a very important part of life, seeing the value in something. Because if we see value in it, You know, for instance, meditation and keeping uh, morality in giving. We want to do more of it. And of course, the value of it is that it taps into happiness for us and uh, can inspire us, and also because we're giving and sharing. So this feeds inner happiness, and this is the most important area to nourish ourselves as human beings. All the pleasures that we can enjoy in the world out there don't develop these inner happinesses. They're very temporary happinesses that come and go very quickly. But these happinesses of giving, of being a good person, they are sustaining us. They are they're like health food for us. So that's good. And, of course, we touched on it this evening and, of course, becoming truly or developing being a true human being is inclining the mind to be kind and friendly. And this is metta, isn't it? Developing metta in our lives. And, and the happiness that comes from that, because when we have meta, we connect with other beings. Actually, we're we're seeing the common ground between each other, wishing each other to have that happiness and well-being, and it's a very good support for relationships, either our uh, immediate relationship or families or work workplaces, wherever we find ourselves, and of course the other aspect of inclining the mind towards to become truly human and seeing the value in it is caring for others actually caring for ourselves and others it's got to be both really and this is compassion isn't it really uh, being being there for ourselves and for others as well helping them in whatever way we can and I know uh, one of come back to the Dalai Lama. That's one of the things he really emphasizes. One of the greatest happinesses is helping others, being kind, uh, being caring for others, having this compassion for others. It's a very Tibetan theme, isn't it? This compassion, because it brings this real happiness for ourselves. Often when we focus just on what I need, what I want, what I don't want, it becomes really a miserable world. But when we focus on helping, connecting with others, it it really can bring this happiness that uh, is far, far greater than looking after number one. (laughs) You don't hear that so much these days. It used to be quite a big thing, number one. But uh, so all these qualities that I mentioned and that you've mentioned, they are part of what those verses refer to as dwelling in fields of right intention or right motivation. This is samasankapa. And these are the qualities that make us really, truly human. And of course, letting go is a big part of that too, which I didn't mention, or renunciation. But giving is a part of that renunciation. Kindness, friendliness, compassion, uh, acceptance and tolerance contentment and gratitude so these are and of course one of the other ways that we can be a great benefit to ourselves and to others to be really truly human and to incline the mind in that direction is to develop become wise to understand the nature of reality and when we do understand the nature of reality we will be able to accept ourselves and others much, much more easily. Because a wise person knows that each of us is um, is conditioned. It, we The nature that we have is conditioned by our actions of body, speech and mind that makes us who we are. And a lot of the influences, other influences too, make us who we are. And the how we are at this very moment, this is how we are. And it's the same for others too. And then we can accept ourselves and accept others just as we are now and um, not try and change (laughs) another person. Anyone tried that? (laughs) Changing other people is is always fraught with frustration and conflict. It's difficult enough to incline to change ourselves actually. So this is... uh, developing the wisdom that that helps, looking for happiness. And of course, a wise person looks for happiness in the right place. Where is the right place? Where is happiness coming from? Yeah, it's coming from inside us. There is really no happiness. There's a saying, actually, uh, that's uh, joy at last. No, there is no happiness in the world you heard that saying? Joy at last to know there is no happiness in the world. Does that mean we don't experience happiness? No. It means that happiness is always coming from in here. All the things out in the world that we think give us happiness are really only triggers for happiness that's in here. If we did not have this happiness, if we did not have this joy in here, they could not give rise to this this experience of happiness. And also, as you often see, what makes one person happy? You know, some movie, some particular food, their favorite food. Another person say, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm not Not my cup of tea, thanks. And so we realize, we. this is where happiness lies. And a wise person understands that and focuses their life looks within, is looking towards the source of happiness within, which is where the spiritual path is and where we can develop the Noble Eightfold Path. This is where we really do. So we can ask ourselves, where should we start in 2023 so we can focus on these essential qualities? And this was the main message, actually, of for me for 2023 taking time to stop or at least pause. Because most people, don't, we don't really stop. We, we can pause. Taking a mental health break, this is really important, to, I think, with the momentum in our lives. It can be very hard to do that because of all the busyness that we are involved in and the responsibilities we have. But it's very, very important for our mental health. We get to hear a lot about mental health now, don't we? <laughs> and this, this is a very, very important part of it: stopping uh, to see what is essential. Because when we are so busy, we can't stop. We feel like there's no, t- we we have no time to stop. We can't reflect on what's really important for us. And uh, so, I've. It occurred to me today, I said, what we need more of is stopping centers, not shopping centers. What we need more of is not retail therapy, but inhale and exhale therapy. <laughs> What's that about? That's, that's meditation. And when you think about the whole of the Buddha's path is about stopping. It's because Nibbana, isn't it? is rebirth-stopping, um, and uh, which is the cycle of being born and getting old, getting sick, dying, over and over and over again. And of course, the uh, Lord Buddha, he saw, before he became the Buddha, actually, the night of his enlightenment, he saw he'd lived millions of these lives. He had been stuck on repeat for ever so long. And that's the same for us. But it's also, the Buddha's path's about the about greed, hate, and delusion. Ending, stopping, that's about stopping. Wanting or craving, stopping. And of course, something that we all look forward to in meditation, thinking stopping. <laughs> and it is actually a great experience for meditators, isn't it? When thinking stops for a short time, it, just to really appreciate the silence and to really uh, appreciate how noisy the mind is with this thinking that we tend to own. We think it's our thinking and therefore we cannot let it go. And of course, in reality, the stopping, of course, the, the way the Buddha talks about it is nirodha, ceasing. This is a natural thing that happens when we understand the nature of reality. Is it that time? No. They're really early, aren't they? We just don't... That's really a bit early. I thought, wow, I've got to wind up really quick. <laughs> so in 2023, we can uh, hopefully people would, I didn't hear this actually as one of the priorities, hopefully devote more time to meditation. And because this is a very good way to stop, to take a break, a mental health break, and to recondition some of the negative habits we have. You know, I heard somebody talking about reducing the anger and all these sorts of things, and developing good qualities, understanding our body and mind, actually. But we can only do more meditation if we enjoy it. I know a lot of people, I hear them talk about meditation and it sounds like work, (laughs) it doesn't sound like fun it doesn't sound like something you can enjoy and I think then will we keep to it will we develop it will we go further with it no it's like uh, exercise and uh, these diets people go on they think it's good for them but cannot we can't keep them going we can't sustain them because we don't enjoy them we don't see the great benefit that we're getting from them so so We need to um, enjoy it so that we like hanging out with when we're meditating, hanging out with the mind, the present moment. And it's like we're making our meditation like a hobby, or I had a nice thing today, coffee shop of the heart. I thought this Ajahn Mudita would like this. (laughs) Coffee shop, some place that we enjoy being and therefore will develop it. But how do we develop more meditation in 2023? Meditation retreats. <laughs> this is advertising. Of course, that helps to deepen our meditation. But as it would happen in 2023, what is happening? There's a new meditation center starting at Newbury Buddhist Monastery. And I think it could be called the Stopping Center. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, in june uh, july or, or no august or september it will start uh, operating and i think people will probably be doing their self retreats to begin with and then after the rain retreats organized retreats but it's a great way to deepen our meditation to try out different things try out different approaches that can be very helpful for us and when we meditate in a group, as we do here on a Monday evening when we have the guided meditation, you feel the support of doing meditation in a group. It, it's, it's quite a strange phenomenon for me, but because human beings, like many uh, animals really, very social beings, we do somehow communicate even when we're in silence. So it can be very supportive. So. Next year we can possibly, we can do self-retreats or we can do organized retreats for weekends or maybe nine days. And we're looking forward to Ajahn Brahm being uh, one of the teachers. And we're looking forward to Venerable Dhamma being one of the teachers. Tomorrow he's going to look at the retreat center, go to the monastery and have the meal and have a look around. So we're hoping in future he'll be one of the teachers there. Which is great, only thing is at the moment it's too small for him <laughs> because he retreats he teaches large retreats, so this is very important. We stop, and we can do this by taking time out too, just spending time with ourselves and how many of us do that? I think that's very unusual actually that people do uh, just to Calm down, see what's going on in our bodies and minds. Just take time for ourselves. Give ourselves time. And this is something that uh, can be very helpful for us. And another thing is time in nature. This is something that uh, enables us to stop, to pause. I think most people may be frightened a little bit by stopping, the idea of stopping, but pausing is much more uh, what we 're used to it 's like a device, you know, like all our our devices that we have there 's a pause button, and then there 's a stop button. I was going to use that in the meditation, actually, <laughs> just to stop, just to pause for a time, something that we really, really do, and then when we do there 's so much that we can uh, learn from it and also especially in nature, isn't it? It's very healing. This is something you see when people come to the monastery. They feel very peaceful. They feel the peace of the place, the calmness of the place. So these are all very uh, useful ways that we can stop um, and become truly human, too. But of course, one of the things that one must emphasize, too, is that when we develop these good qualities, we, we need to develop them not only on the cushion, because when we're meditating, this is a way we recondition the mind for sure, but we need to develop these qu- good qualities like being kind, peaceful, caring. In our action, what we do and what we say, this is a really a very important place because it's often what we say, that can really hurt others, that can be not kind um, and not a caring. So this is really looking after the whole person, as it were. And so now I better conclude, because it's time for us to... Um, I think we're a little bit over time. So. I think this is our our job, well, for me, the job in 2020. It's really our job in, as uh, people on the spiritual path and the Noble Eightfold Path is to develop our human potential. The Buddha took the potential of a human being to the ultimate limit. We can aspire to going in that direction, maybe not full enlightenment just yet, <laughs> but developing these good qualities, becoming a better human being, Stopping. These can be all ways that we can develop and grow, become kinder, become more caring, become more generous, and become more friendly. So, and this will be it's sometimes when people talk about a spiritual path, they think, wow, well, isn't that selfish? No. What we develop, we can share with others and we can share with the world and this is what the world needs this sort of uh, these values of peace kindness harmony caring all these things that are so so uh, fundamental to the spiritual path to being a a real human being a true human being so i'd like to finish there and uh, now i think is time for a little bit of activity we have a circumambulation do you know what a circumambulation is? It's a big word, isn't it? <laughs> we walk around here three times, usually with our right shoulder to the to the Buddha statue here. And it's like we walk around three times, one for the Buddha, one for the Dhamma, and one for the Sangha, to um, to pay respects, but also to, to show the, the value, the importance of the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha in our lives for 2023. 20, time actually (laughs) all our our lives because this is a great inspiration for us to walk the path and to develop all these good qualities that I was talking about and become super human beings When when we change and this can be something that can affect so so many people you see this from somebody like Ajahn Brahm the Dalai Lama There are many, um, Desmond Tutu and lots of other people that become an inspiration and a hope in a world where we can be so aware of negative aspects of human beings. So we need this inspiration and we need these examples. So now we can, uh, uh, for those who'd like to, we can do the circumambulation. And I think, are there some flowers and... uh, I think we can. We've got flowers outside. Is there? What else is there? Incense or? Oh, a candle. Is it a real candle? No. Oh, That's all right. We've just got a battery candle. There we are. That's life. That's very sustainable. I hope <laughs> sustainable batteries. So there we are. So now, if those would like to, we will uh, do the circumambulation, and this will finish about a uh, quarter to twelve, hopefully. And uh, then we can prepare for the uh, uh, the uh, midnight and reflection. I think from Ayurpaka, not there yet. <laughs> still, still teaching the kids. I think so. So, if you'd like to join in the circumambulation, we can have a, a nice walk around this building.